the Fish, a podcast where the fish guys at the Field Museum in Chicago talk about marine life, new and crazy species, natural history news, and fish. Who are the fish guys? We have Dr. Leo Bloat-Smith. Hey, Beth. We have Dr. Matt Crush-Davis. Hello. And Dr. Eric Bruce Algren. Hey, how you doing? And I am Beth Squishy Sansenbacher. And today we are doing a special session on Finding Nemo. All right, so uh, we're watching Finding Nemo uh, in celebration of Finding Nemo coming out this Friday in 3D. 3D. And we're opening on Blu-ray or something because there's no high-definition version of this available yet. Yeah, I think it's definitely coming out. Does HD need to happen for animation? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Does it? Yeah, animation looks great in HD. How? It's super sharp and sparkly. Yeah. Okay. It's like it's so much better. Now we're looking yeah, at the, this. It does is, a lot this, better with that. So, uh, uh, experts, is this what the water looks like from the <laughs> other side? I mean, so we're watching the movie from the beginning to the end here today, and uh, right now we're at the scene on the drop-off with Coral and Marlin. Marlin and Mrs. Marlin. Does she have a name? Is Coral. That- Cor- oh, Coral. I thought you meant the, the, uh, the thing that the, uh, the I thought her name was, was attached to. Food. <laughs> her name is Snack. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen Finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah, this, this movie has a plot point in the very beginning, which starts the movie off instead of a strict, strict, oh, this is oh, so So they got a lot of butterfly fish and a lot of corals. You don't see, there's a lot so of So do butterfly fish actually kiss like that? I'm going to assume no, they butterfly don't. Butterfly kisses? No, but butterfly um, fish are cool. They mate for life. I, I did know that. They do mate for life. So they, why they some may not actually... Some do. Why they may not actually like make out with each other. They, yeah, they probably don't make out. <laughs> <laughs> they partner up. Yeah, they partner up for life, and if you kill one of them, they tend not to get a new partner. Well, do they get all sad and die? No, they're just all alone. So when you're on a... Oh. If you're collecting butterfly fish, you try and get both the male and the female. That's really sad. <laughs> Shut up, Eric. It's sad. <laughs> so now they're now, looking at all the babies. Now these now these eggs are attached. Yep, they're sticky eggs. They are. The eggs are sticky. We talked about that in one of the earlier podcasts. Yep. So just like cichlids in your home aquarium. Now, uh, actual clownfish don't speak, do they? They, they don't have vocal cords or lungs or uh, uh, they don't have they don't have white teeth like that either, do they? <laughs> Oh, they have teeth. Uh, mostly white. Yeah. Not, Do they? not human Do they teeth. teeth. These are like Paku teeth, though. These yes. <laughs> right. But their diet doesn't consist of uh, uh, the things that the Paku eats. What do what do uh, clownfish eat? I think they're omnivores primarily. So they'll eat little copepods and plankton floating by, mm-hmm. and they'll eat some algae probably. Now, if these were real, they'd be covered with a sticky layer of mucus. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And that's Why they, shouldn't the coral here be bigger too than? Yeah, she would probably be a little bigger than. And wouldn't Marlin. there be like yeah. more? Or isn't aren't there groups There's, larger? Or can you find just two hanging out in the anemone? I'm sure it's possible to find two, but it's so, but, like, but less likely. In, yeah, there uh, should be a lot more. In real life, the female around. is larger than the male generally. Always, yeah, always. The female is always considerably bigger. Ooh, there's now there's a scary fish attack. The nope. barracuda is attacking. Would a barracuda eat a clownfish? I don't see why. They, I'm not sure that they would normally be a primary diet area, yeah. but I don't think they'd be opposed to it. Right. 
It's not out of the realm of possibility. It seems like small for a barracuda. If I was a barracuda, I guess maybe if I was a little barracuda. If I was a barracuda, I'd be like checking out the girls on the beach, like swimming by. Although I guess if I was a barracuda, that wouldn't really appeal to me. Would it? <laughs> yeah. Like maybe the song's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not song. sure that the barracuda would eat all the eggs, though. Well, maybe the eggs just um, maybe something else ate the eggs while he was knocked out. Right? Well, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, while the parents was were. Yeah, while the parents were there. Yeah. So he's now lost his wife and all of his kids. Spoiler alert! And the ocean has gotten very dark. That's night. Ah. Uh, so. Uh, so would now begin on. his magical transformation into uh, being a female? Yeah, if they followed the biology strictly. He would be... Uh, well, it's tricky, though, because, like, is that caused by... Does he need a, to have a, a smaller one there to cause it? Like, a colony cause, of some kind. Yeah, maybe it would take Nemo to be born and tur- turn into a little boy before he would turn into a girl. I don't know the exact timing, what the cues are. So do the fish actually have, a, 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 like, o- ovaries? Like, does a male does a male clownfish possess, like, inactive ovaries that become active ovaries when the female of this pair dies or how does the sex change actually happen different from fish to fish a little bit so like in some simultaneous hermaphrodites you will have both both at the same time in the sex changing ones you usually have sort of an atrophy of the of the male parts in this case turn into female parts so the testes would shrivel and disappear well it's all sort of in the same place it's not so the, it's, a, it's also worth noting they don't like switch to one and then switch back. Like once they switch once, it's a, that's once the way they are one, forever. One, one set of, of, of generative organs dies off. Right. Like if he switched to becoming a female, he's not going to switch back to being a male again later. Yeah. So parts of this are a little confusing. So the, we're now at the point where Nemo's waking up Marlin. But before that, Marlin picked up the egg in his fin and uh, it would be stuck to the wall. So. so Leo, speaking as the only parent here, is this what it's like to have a young son? Jumping on you, waking you up in the morning. Sure. Yeah, I mean, to a certain degree. So what What actually triggers the sex change? That's what we're trying to figure out. We don't know if it's the... Like, is it... Yeah, I, I mean, mean but in real clownfish, what triggers the sex change? Is it... That's what we're trying to figure out. Some sort of... I don't know if it's the behavioral chemical cues. Behavioral, yeah, like... But I don't know if it's the presence of a smaller male, of smaller males only, or the absence of a bigger female. Right. I don't actually have any idea. So you don't know if the bigger female like secretes something that it keeps, keeps everyone else in check, check or if, or if yes, smaller males. So is it just like there would be one large female and multiple males? Yeah, which doesn't make any sense. Wow, that's like polyandry. Yeah, and it's the only, only, I think it's the only case of that in fish. Wow. So one thing I don't know is if they have a colony and they say like lose their entire colony, will they get taken in by another colony? Like could the like. Yeah, because I could mean, you move into another clownfish colony and be accepted in? Wow, oh, be like watership like down, except yeah. with fish. You you sure should be able to based on like the ones I've had at home. Like <laughs> they they get along just fine. Well, those are not like they're not like territorial or. Oh no, damselfish I mean, in general are pretty amazingly territorial. <laughs> like about they'll try and defend us. You know, they'll attack us. But they're not. Uh, really? yeah. They're not territorial to the same species. No, they are, but no, they, they, yeah. they, but with, it, I think it's kind of if you if they make it a couple of days, they'll be fine. Yeah. But that's the way it is kind of always in a solid yeah. It's just like when some weird people move into your neighborhood, you're not quite sure that you want to be friends with them yet. Let them but then after you get to know them, you know, and if they make good potato salad or something like that, then 
you, you tend to accept them. So what fish was the crossing guard there, or the traffic light? It, like it looked like an angel fish. They got some groupers and some butterfly fish in the same. Now, why is it? Why are the, the no? So, so that's a mouth brooder that just let out all of its babies. A mouth brooder. And does a mouth brooder have a brother? Because that'd be the mouth brooder's brother. They're squishy. Seahorse, and then along those butterfly fish. They're kind of heavy on the butterfly fish in this movie. Yeah, they are. Um, how come? Just because they're pretty? People like butterfly fish? Yeah, I mean, they're heavy on almost all the coral reef fishes in this movie. Not everything, though. No, yeah. but... There's, there's, not, not, a lot of, the there's not a lot of eloporms in this, is what you're saying. No. It's not a lot of predators. Got that barracuda. Are there any toxic fish in this movie? Are there any, uh... Hmm, well, that's that, that squid octopus thing there would be venomous. Huh? Yeah, are there any, are there any, uh... Venomous tetrapods in this movie, though. No. Nah. Dang but the, the long nosed butterfly fish that's in this. Okay. Now they have the flatfish. Hey, there's a cod or something. Oh, it's a halibut or something. Halibut? Flatfish. Mm-hmm. But the butterfly fish, yeah, that, so those are parrot fish. And maybe another surgeon fish. Surgeon fish? That's, some, that's a fish we haven't talked about. And they're also venomous. They're also venomous. Oh. Well, see, there you go. Yeah, I guess Dory's venomous. <laughs> Dory. <laughs> Wait, Dory is venomous? Dory hasn't made her appearance yeah, yet. who's Dory? Movie. I don't even know who Do- where's Dory. That, spoiler alert, yeah. there's a fish named Dory. But back to the long those butterfly fish, they are simultaneously male and female. We've reported on that. So how do they decide which is which? Is which? I have no idea. I just was cutting through their gonads, and they had eggs and sperm in it simultaneously. So now Mr. Ray's coming in. So was that not known previously? And I, don't, and I don't think anyone picked up on it in the paper either. Because we just put it in the materials and methods that it was a simultaneous hermaphrodite without saying if it was male or female. Is that Danny DeVito doing that voice? No. No, I don't think so. It's a, it's a little, he's a little Danny DeVito-esque. Isn't that, isn't that kind of big, finding out that something is both male and female at the same time? Yeah, but it, the problem is like we had one. We cut into the gonads of one, and we only had one specimen. It's like if you want to like say that, you're going to cut into a whole lot of them. Right. So you're going to do that? No. Not interesting. Not really. <laughs> you're not going to cut into Nemo's gonads, are you? That would be <laughs> terrible. I've done horrible things to Nemo. Yeah, it's biologists for you. They're cool. Ruining their underwater paradise. Wow, look at that. That's a great movie. I love this movie. Albert Brooks is a little bit annoying in this movie, but I think he's supposed to be, so that makes it okay. He was well cast. He was well cast. Albert Brooks was uh, scary in that movie, Drive. Did you see that one? I don't think so. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, that's that new one. Albert Brooks is really... He's the best part of that whole movie. That's not not a kid-friendly movie, by the way. So if there's any young folk listening to this podcast, don't don't pester your parents to go and rent the movie Drive because it's the This this ray is venomous, too. Oh, it's (laughs) a venomous... It's it's a stingray, huh? So what's a a drop-off? 
Yeah, what is a drop off? I mean, is that's a is it a, a continental ty- shelf or something? No, is it's that a what type. Is? is a type of reef? Like, is it, or is it just you know? Because not all reefs drop off like that. So I guess I'm looking at for. Well, you're you're the you're the reef specialist. It says on your door. That, that is true. <laughs> I assume that a, in the ter- way they're using it in this movie, what they the way a coral reef forms is a volcano erupts. Well, a can form. I guess there's other ways, but one way is a, a volcano erupts above the water, and the coral reef is up in the surface water, and then slowly over time it settles back down and sinks. And when it sinks, you create the coral reef kind of sinks with it, but then the coral reef can build up, and so you get these sort of rings around underwater seamounts or islands, and that where those fall off then would have a steep drop-off. I assume that that's what this kind of situation is. <laughs> and so a lot of scuba divers like to go on those. They are very pretty. Not well, and they're certainly using it in this movie to the effect of like having an ominous area, the point at which they're not supposed to cross. Well, it makes sense because that's going to be in such a situation. There's that's where the coral reef ends. Yeah, they're, yeah. Leaving, they're leaving their habitat if they yes. head out into that more open ocean area. It's quite scary too when you when you're when you're diving and you're out over the reef and you know you're used to things being very close to you and then you kind of venture off the ledge. You feel like you should fall like into the abyss or there's something horrible that James Cameron is going to send up to eat you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You get deep and then your, your, your wetsuit isn't as buoyant. You start sinking. Yes. Yeah. That's scary. So the, just a few seconds ago, the, the, the squid uh, actually inked and so thought might be worth pointing out that there's actually a couple of fish groups that will kind of like lay things like that down. Really? Is it a squid or an octopus? Yes. A squidopus. It's a squidopus. No, it, it's a squid and an octopus yeah. are, uh, are similar, right? I, I mean, I think uh, it's, they both have eight legs, eight tentacles, right? I think it's an octopus. Well, a squid has the extra two, those long ones. Oh, I think it's yeah, an octopus. Right. Now that I think about that's it. That's in addition to the eight? Yeah, they have ten. Oh, did not know that. So they got the two long ones. And I thought I knew the mollusks. I think. I could be wrong. <laughs> Yeah, this is what the fish, not with the mollusk. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to bring in a mollusk. No we'll get Janet Voigt down here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so was it the ratocephalids? Those are the ones with the ink? Yeah. So there's a thing that looks like an oarfish, these really long fish that one of them randomly inks. That we just, there was a talk at the, this year's uh, annual fish and reptile meeting yeah, up in British Columbia where a woman did a, a lot of dissections through that whole system. It was really kind of interesting. And then... In the same vein, there's a, the platytroctids, the tube shoulders, can lay out a bioluminescent ink under their deep sea, so they... Well, that's cool. They have to confuse predators, or... Yeah. That's super cool. What color is it? There's some blue, blue greeny. <laughs> like oh, oh, wow, look at that. Uh-oh. Some bioluminescence is red. So we had Nemo disobeying his father, and now he's about to... A dentist is about to pick him up. Is why taken. You don't touch anything when you go scuba diving, and you definitely don't steal any fish. Well, some people steal fish. Unless you're us, who just put out a podcast last time about collecting (laughs) fish. (laughs) Unless you have a permit and it's for scientific reasons. Well, Well, maybe they're going to do science experiments on him and dissect his gonads. Would that be okay? Yes, it would. But almost all the coral reef fish that are at the local pet store are caught on the reef like this. Yes. Well, I know. I don't agree agree with that. At all? 
Not really. Is it okay if we eat them? It's okay if you eat them. I What's the difference? I that's a good question. Um, let me think about that. I don't I don't like eating exotic things when there's depending on where you live. We're certainly not going to eat a clownfish. Yeah, I was going to say, why do you want to eat a clownfish? It's like this big. I know, but why is it okay to take a like shrimp out of the ocean to eat and not take little clownfishes? Um, to put into a tank. Maybe the shrimp dads are. It could be a question of ecosystems or habitat. Yeah, it could like, like, there could be 10 million shrimp and like 30 clownfish. Yeah, this is true. But the ones are selected, ones get selected a little bit. Yeah. Well, maybe if it, it's it's if if it's a fish that cares for its young and lives in a family group that we're, where we can sort of identify with it more, that makes it less okay. Um, if it's an arthropod, <laughs> you know. I think it has just most to do with like the ecosystem and abundance. Like, are you threatening the species by taking it all out for the aquarium trade? Yeah. Like, you know, is that necessary? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that we do more damage for food than we do for. That's fair enough. Um, you know, and so now we have we have Dory has come onto the scene now. Now Dory is a poisonous fish, venomous, venomous fish, and would kill you if she no. got a chance. <laughs> I don't know why those fish hate people so much that they need to have so much venom and, and venomate. People. I've been stung by a Dory, my own little kinky. Wow, it hurt. Were you trying to steal it from its habitat? <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> I, already, I already had stolen it from somebody else had already stolen it from its habitat, and I had bought it. Now, the, now the, cent, the central one of the central comedy points of of this, and it's, uh, Ellen DeGeneres oh, is just so good in this. Uh, but one of the one of the things is that she has no short term memory. And what do we know about the memory? Fish? Do they? They? The scientists must must take fish in labs and make them run through little mazes like mice to find food. And they must they must know about things like fish memory, right? Fish definitely have memory. Yeah, for sure. Well, especially coral reef fish. I mean, there's so much you have to remember about. You know, it's a four dimensional structure. You know, changes not space and location. Time, recognize your habitat. What's food? What's not food? <laughs> they they only travel one direction in time, though. I mean, let's be realistic. <laughs> not Marty McFly. <laughs> <laughs> Marty McButterfly fish. No, time is like oh, day versus yeah. night. Like like you know, the day the day. <laughs> oh, you guys are jerks. <laughs> now you know how Leo feels. Diurnal, like apple, yes, apple I know. Daytime is much different than nighttime in reefs, so you know you need to be aware of this. Yeah, yeah. Oh. just like they found at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do predators come out more at night? I mean, is it, is is the reef a more active place at night than in the daytime? It's definitely not more active. It's not more active, but it's there are some things that are only active at night. Yeah. Hmm. It's sort of like a day and a night shift. Mm-hmm. Oh, day okay. Shift, I mean, the like day most shift. all ecosystems have a yeah. day and a night shift. You'll see mm. some different biodiversity at different times. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, oh there's oh. a shark named Bruce, right? Bruce. Do we have any idea what kind of shark that is? That is looks it like a, a great white shark. Is it a bull it? shark? It's a big shark. It's got it's got like that real plump body that you see in those uh, those uh, great white specimens. Shark too. It's probably great white. I never really gave him much thought. It's kind it's of like, Australia, and that's where you find them. Yeah, right? so, it, it looks, it looks kind of like great white. Uh, okay. Yeah, we co- we covered that. They they go all over the place. So what would, what would ha- what would happen in a human if they had no short term memory? Would they have 
Is it the hippocampus that converts? What is it in the human? There's various different things that can cause uh, uh, memory loss, but you can see that in uh, uh, you see that in all kinds of dementia, Alzheimer's disease. Uh, you can see that uh, uh, short-term memory loss. It's one of the most one of the most sensitive uh, tests for uh, brain damage is uh, uh, checking short-term memory. And uh, one of the tests you, you have people do to, uh, to, to test their short-term memory is you ask them to remember three words. And the, the, the words that we, the, that we commonly use to copy. Oh, you're going to give us that, you're cheating for us. Yeah, now uh, I'm going to ace this. So, yeah, you'll remember. Well, you, everybody should use different t- words. Actually, one, one way I learned was to, to use four words, and they were brown, honesty, tulip, and eyedropper, which is really difficult to remember. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you to remember that in a few minutes from now. See if you can remember it for me, and we'll check your short-term memory. So that's a hammerhead. So then we have a hammerhead shark. Now they have the shark meeting. Now, sharks don't actually have meetings, meetings among meetings. species. That... Well, hammerheads form, uh, they, they lek kind of like, they, have, they form big groups. Really? But not with other species. Probably not. And they don't discuss that they're not going to eat fish. What's the other shark? Is that a shark? It's yeah. a long, yeah. skinny shark. It looks like maybe like a smooth hound or something like that. So, um, are there any sharks that are actually vegetarians? <laughs> I like that little fish. It's well, they say they're not the eating room. other fish. They didn't say they aren't eating humans. <laughs> I mean, they might have shrimp. Or shrimp or like sea lions. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, like, all they did was cut fish out. They didn't cut Australians out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Australians are delicious. Um, well, like whale sharks eat plankton. They don't eat fish. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. Well, they might eat fish. I, I don't know. I, Some I mean, fish must get sucked in yeah, every I was now and say, then. But they don't like purposely go like hunt fish. They just open yeah. up their mouth and whatever. Kinda. Just like they don't purposely hunt Australians, but yeah. <laughs> we know it happens. <laughs> that's my problem. That's basically how I eat. I just open up my mouth, and whatever the hell just falls in my mouth is is what I end up swallowing. Game weight that way. So I just decided to Google search what the what chum is. That's the third shark that wasn't so obvious. And apparently it's supposed to be a mako. Um, a mako? Oh, really? I would have thought a mako would be a little mako. bit bigger. So that's actually the, probably the fa- it's certainly the fastest shark, but some claim it to be the fastest fish in the world. Really? Yeah. How fast? 35, 40 meters per second. So wow. I think that's approaching like 50 miles an hour. Yeah, that's wow. fast. So they take bites out of the tails of... Sword tails. I'm uh, swordfish. Sorry, not sword tails. Sword tails. <laughs> not really so impressive. I think my neon stick bites out of my sword tails. Tails. Funny. Mako, huh? So I'm still doubting his, that. Uh, why are his teeth so long and pointy? The Mako. Visual yeah. effect. Oh, okay. Yeah, now a lot of these Make fish it look more are... are uh, Nemo is obviously a clownfish, and Dory is obviously... What is what is, what is the... That's a blue tang. A or blue tang. tang. But there are plenty of uh, plenty of side characters in this film that aren't actual real fish. Uh, like we're gonna not we're, a like, ton. The, like well, the angler fish scene we're gonna see is not that's not a real fish, right? Yeah, when that it's gets up, up in the movie, we'll we'll talk about that part. But yeah, there there are some chimeras of things, but I don't think a lot of them are be. real fish that are just really anthropomorphized. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, that's why I like so much about the movie. It's like, I don't know about the Matt or any the rest of you, but this, I like fish that either look like no species that exists or look 
a lot like species that exist. I hate the... In-between? I hate the in-between where it's the shape of a particular fish and then the wrong color. No, they went through... They, they clearly spent a lot of time and effort to try to make the fish in this movie as accurate as possible, but also still believable in like a storytelling sense that they could convey emotions and, and other things. I mean, like the swimming of Nemo, the clownfishes have a kind of characteristic kind of... I don't know. I had a sashing when they move or something, and they nailed that. I mean, there's a lot, there's a number of other animated movies about fish that don't do nearly as good of a job. Yeah, like The Incredible Mr. Limpet. <gasps> Terrible. That the was shark tail. such a good movie. What are you talking about? I love that movie. No, I'm talking about the accuracy of the portrayal oh. of fish. Uh, yeah. yeah. I've never. No, seen I love Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Don Knotts turns into a fish. Yeah, that's a funny falls movie. Falls in yeah. love with a female fish. And... Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, basically. Yeah, but, like, but then he also like saves everybody against the Nazis. Yeah, World it's War a, he's a Nazi fighting fish. He's got like weird sonar, crazy stuff. You should all watch. It's a good movie. Yeah. As far as we can tell, we we don't know if fish took sides during World War II, but I think pretty much they would have been on the Allies' side and not on the Axis side. Now, the, the part I, I, I remember reading, and uh, I read it on the internet, so it's got to be true, uh, that uh, the part where uh, Dory gets hit in the nose with the mask and that little wisp of blood goes up into the shark's nose, that's the first time in a Disney film that they've shown blood. Hmm. Now, that doesn't... I thought that, that uh, a Sleeping Beauty pricked her finger or something, and that put her to yeah. sleep. There's blood in, like, Beauty and the Beast, too, like... Is there? Like, spoiler at the end, when the Beast Maybe gets stabbed. A... <laughs> there, I, there's Maybe definitely it was blood the first there. blood in a well, in Sleeping Beauty when... Pixar movie, that's it. It might be the first oh. blood in a Pixar movie. Yeah, yeah, because in Sleeping Beauty, when they stab Maleficent, the, the big, um, when she's a big dragon... dragon yeah. Is that spoiler blood? Yeah, it's black. <laughs> <laughs> really? Who hasn't seen Sleeping Beauty? <laughs> Um, Some poor five-year-old, six-year-old uh, listening five-year-old to this now. Five-year-old does not listen to our podcast. <laughs> so Nemo is now in the fish tank. All right, so Leo, you used to work in the aquarium trade. Um, how, how good is this fish tank? Is it, is, so I like that fish tank. Is a that is a great fish tank. I haven't worked in the aquarium trade, but I, 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 I love you guys think? Do you guys think that's that. four feet or six feet wide? Uh, 60 feet wide. No. no. You have to divide everything I say by 10. Um, I don't know. Google that joke, kids. It's figured out. Well. It's either something like a fifty-five gallon tank, or if it's a six-footer, it's more like a like a hundred gallon tank. Uh, I think it's more like a four-footer. You can't put that many uh, marine fish in a in a tiny tank, though, right? I mean, uh, fifty-five is a pretty big tank. Fifty-five. Yeah, there's is only big... maybe seven or eight fish in here, right? Yeah, no, that's no. about. This is about right. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't make this grotesque in any way, in my mind. Yeah, that's excellent. I love that tank. I want a tank like that in my home. So do a lot of kids. Yeah. So here we have a porcupine puffer fish. It's our royal grandma. We have a royal grandma, which is from the Caribbean. A royal. Which one's the royal grandma? The one that's purple and yellow. Purple and yellow. Oh, the. Oh, okay. I see that. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. one, the warrior. Yeah. Yeah. Who's who's the stripy fish? I assume that's supposed to be a damselfish. And the yellow okay. fish that looks like another uh, tang, maybe. And they have a they have a shrimp in here, a little French shrimp. A cleaner shrimp, Jacques. Now that is something that uh, occurs in nature, right? Uh, you'll have a, a, a 
stations where fish go to get themselves clean, where, where shrimp hang out and wait for fish. It's a is that a commensalism or what is that? That's probably a mutualism. Mutualism. Yeah. So both benefit. They're all forms of symbiosis. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Is that you think that's an angelfish or a dancefish, or something totally different? Deb and flow. Yeah, deb and flow. Sounds like ebb and flow. <laughs> eh, it's a joke. Hey, it's that uh, uh, that Alvin from uh, yeah, she was from that, that uh, show with the president. West Wing? West Wing, yeah. I have short-term memory loss. So, do you remember those four words I asked you to remember before? Brown. Honesty. Tulip. tulip honesty. Eyedroppers. Wow, very good. Matt didn't remember any of them. This wasn't quick enough to throw them out. <laughs> very good. So, no, seriously, what's the stripy fish? You guys aren't answering. What the hell is uh, the It's either fish? an angelfish or a damselfish. I, I was confused when I first saw it. Uh. There's something about the fit, the the spine. Ah, uh, now here, here's a here's a tetrapod for you. Pelican, pelicans are pretty cool. Pelicans are great. I love pelicans. Yeah, they're they're it's 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 such a odd thing to see such a huge, but just a really large sized wild animal living and interacting with humans so closely. When you walk down on the pier in San Diego or whatever, and there's a pelican sitting on the post. You know, three feet away from you, and it's a—it's a huge animal, uh, uh, a majestic creature. So here's some crazy from the uh, internet. The, the girl uh, with the braces. Yeah. yeah. So the internet's are suggesting that the that Deb and Flo is an indigo Hamlet. Mm, I don't think Hamlet. So. Yeah. It They're also suggesting that that's not a royal grandma. They're claiming that that's a uh, a bicolor blenny. Oh, okay. I don't buy that for a second. Mm. Why don't you buy that for a second? Stop. I mean, they're right next to each other on the tree of life, but what do you think? Royal Grandma by Color Blenny. I, every time I ever saw it, I thought it was Royal Grandma. But... Yeah. You know, it's the got, Prince of England has a Royal Grandma. I mean, it's got, it's got the spot like the Yeah, exactly. Grandma. The black dot on that. Now we have Gil, who's a Moorish idol. Yeah, we have a skeleton of that down, uh, down in the lab, don't we? Yeah. What, what's the all yellow fish? It's a yellow tang, I'm sure. Yeah. So here's another web page claiming that it's a damsel, Deb and Flo or a damsel fish. And this one says it's a royal grandma. I think it's got to be a royal grandma. Yeah, I think it's a royal grandma. Because of the black dot. Yeah, for that, yeah. Now, as a biologist, how would you make that de- determination? I mean, you'd use something called a key, is that right? Yeah, we use like a species identification key or... And uh, there's a number of morphological features one could use. So when you're a biologist and you're trying to de- identify, I mean, in this case, it's probably a simple case, but there's a lot of there's a lot of fish that look very similar to one another, and you need to make that determination by following a list in a book, right? I mean, you you you'd go to a book where it helps you to identify. How does that work? So. The way historically we've done that is with what's called the dichotomous key, where you go, it lists a couple characters and says, is it purple and yellow, split halfway down the body, yes or no? And if it's yes, then you go down to the next one and go through a series of couplets. But there's no reason in a computer-aided world that it would have to be that way. You could create a similarity matrix or something so that, you know, it asks you 90 questions. And, yeah. They're, and the keys to nature are like that. Um, and they're actually very nice. And it goes through and says, 
does it have more of this shape or this shape? And you click and then be like, okay, based on that, does it, you know, is it this color or this color? Right, I always think that. it would be more fun to like have one that just like you answered all the questions you were comfortable with and it gave you the possibilities to have those things. So like the iBird Explorer iPhone app right. um, does that. And I think maybe if you're not an expert, no, it's maybe like <laughs> So now Nemo and Dory are being pushed into the deep after their submarine that they were ship they were sleeping in is falling. So how far how far down um, can normal fish go? I mean, does that have to do with like the Yeah, can a shallow water there? fish could it, could that could they conceivably dive into the depths of there, the, there are a number of fish ship? that are capable of crossing you know wide ranges of depths, but I don't you know I don't think a clownfish you're gonna find a clownfish down like past a thousand meters or something. I'm not like I would all. I would eat my hat if someone got <laughs> yeah. one. But could they survive it? Like if, no, Pro- no, probably not a clownfish. I mean, there are a number of fish that could potentially survive something like that, and they do. do that. Yeah, yeah and there are plenty why? that do that on a daily basis, just in migrations. But like, but why? these particular fish, this don't like the the clownfish here. Um, not likely. Why? Why not? Well, things like swim bladder pressure. Yeah. Like the swim bladder, they can't make those jumps. They're not adaptive right. to that kind of environmental change. The temperature, the depth, oh, yeah, the, the pressures. They, have to, they do lots of things when you go deep. You fill your cell walls with cholesterol. That makes them more squishy. You know. So now we're going into an important part of the movie. Yeah. Did I mention how much I love Ellen DeGeneres in this movie? She's so funny. I can't imagine being a voice actor. Yeah, the voice acting in this movie is very good. Oh my god. As it is in most Pixar movies. Yeah. So they're about to meet the the deep sea disaster. The offensive part of the movie. <laughs> so this is, so this falls into the realm of in between, so it's not fantasil fantasy that's not a word. Fanciful. Fanciful. Fantastical. Fantastical. There we go. It's not fantastical enough. It's not real enough. Yeah. This is right exactly what I hate. I love the movie, but I'm sad that they... So they have the light organ. There's a light organ like you see on on an anglerfish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's basically an esca. Or some sort of a barbel. And it's come off the top of the head. So yeah, and the not. other fish are fascinated by it. See that? Look at how they like it. Yeah, I'm going to get you. And then you see big teeth come, which could be an anglerfish or a viperfish. Yeah. Oh, look at them. But and then the whole it, thing lit up. Yeah, and then it's got light organs on the upper half of the body, which doesn't which happen. Is, yeah, incredibly not common at all. Yeah. And, and that fish would not be that size either, right? I mean, that that... If if that were an angler fish, the angler fish would be smaller than, than both. <laughs> no. some there, there are some that are would be of that size. It oh, the only ones I've ever seen are tiny, like two inches, maybe. So um, there's a, there's a couple that are like the size of a hand. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! Do we have any of those in the uh, collection? There's a few. There's a few big ones down there. Yeah. One, maybe one that's particularly good. Oh wow! So, pull that out. But its eyes aren't quite right. Its eyes. No, are I mean the problem with it is it's a chimera of a of a bunch of different kinds of deep sea fishes. Right. But but the chimera is not one of them. No, and it's, yeah, chimera. The actual fish is not one of them, but. Where they spent a lot of time clearly trying to model most of the fish in the movie after actual fish, this one, for some reason, they decided to just kind of take the more freakish parts of different deep-sea fishes and stick them together. Or they, or they may very well 
want to claim that this is either a Caliotis viperfish or a, some sort of anglerfish, and I just, you know, I would... I don't think they could claim it's a Caliotis or a bite. Yeah, well, either do I, but they might... You know, I don't think that they, I don't know if it was willful, but these lights on the side. It's so good. I'm sure it was willful. I mean, it takes a lot of time to design these things, and they clearly were like looking at exact photographs of the other fishes. They had to have made a conscious choice to design it the way that they did. I mean, I just look at it and I think, I keep thinking that they were trying to make some sort of, you know, fantastic anglerfish like we did with our logo, and it's they've just made some mistakes. Like the light organs on the side are, if it were an anglerfish, would look a lot like the lateral line pores. Yeah. And maybe they thought that those were light organs, and I'm not sure. Where the scientific accuracy came in on that one, relative. Yeah, but a lot of the angler fishes don't have light organs, like, like along the ventral side or on the top. No, side right? No, either, they don't so, at all. Yeah. So it's not. That's just not common. I mean, it, right? But they might have seen the white dots because they're really characteristic white dots. If we can find a picture that's legal, uh, we'll probably post that on the website for this. Well, I mean, it was made by it, animators, it not scientists. It could have been so. ab- having been, to do with like the the whole scene because it's very dark, and they might have needed more light to help light up the scene, and that's yeah, why that's they what did I'm it. Saying it was for animation. That's possible, so, yeah. Like it could have yeah. been. But then, uh, then you know, then why not go with like a like just some sort of a dragonfish that already has a barbel? Like a, they should have. They could have. They could have had that yeah. that whole setup, but with a fish like a. Disney really dropped the ball is what you're saying here. I mean, yeah. in a way, it's just a, you know, it was I mean, their artistic style that that's the way they wanted to go with it. And it's, you know, it's not awful. It's just, it's not, it's not up to the same standards that they went through for the rest of the movie in terms mm-hmm. of trying to get the most lifelike interpretations species. of some of the species. Yeah, I mean, they had a scientific advisor and things. It's not like they were. Yeah. I mean, they had to have known what they were doing. They made a conscious decision for some reason to do those things. You know, and like they got the swimming down so well on so many of these fish. Yeah, I love the I love the way the uh, the shrimp swims. It's uh, so. Cool. Um, uh, Leo, being an aquarium expert, so do uh, <laughs> aquarium fish too. have a little uh, initiation ceremonies in the evening <laughs> for their new members? <laughs> Does that happen? <laughs> That's the only one with the saltwater tank right now. <laughs> Wee little ceremonies. <laughs> but I don't understand why there's no rasses in this movie. Oh yeah, why aren't there any rasses? Rasses are really cool. I guess they had a little parrotfish at the beginning. Yeah, they showed a rass at the beginning of the movie. There's not in this tank, but I know. But given how dominant they are, so when you have fish in, in tanks like this, do you have to be careful about what species you put together? Like, oh, yeah. do, do they fight? And yeah, that makes a big difference. Would any of these species fight with each other, or would they be cool with each other? That puffer fish might not be so nice. I was gonna say puffer fish eat just but about they, anything, but they they tend to eat like crabs and shrimp and things. They probably eat that clean shrimp. I've had them in the tank together. I've never had them wear sidles. Do the cleaner shrimp perform their cleaning duties on uh, fish in a tank? Oh, so you got to get a cleaner shrimp at home, and then you stick your fingers in there, and it'll clean out all the gunk underneath your fingernails. Wow. And it'll Uh, take care of your cuticles, too. It's like those uh, pedicures they have now where you stick your feet into a fish tank. Oh, that's totally disgusting. It it totally is. I've never done it before. I want to try it, but it's totally... No, no, no. If you want to try it, you take it home, because you know what? You really shouldn't have, like, flesh-eating fish going from person to person. You don't want to, like... That's like a disease vector in my non-medical opinion. For my imperfect medical knowledge, I don't think it it would make that much of a difference. But that's... It's been a long time since I studied uh, that sort of thing. I know, but you just stick your feet into the same tank as everybody. It's so gross. Yeah, it's... it's I'm not saying it's not gross. It's like there's a reason we have chlorine in a pool. So one thing Nemo noticed about I would say, earlier you know, was you would not recommend someone to do that if you were a doctor. You them. certainly would not give your imprimatur and say that that was an okay thing. That's for sure. 
what were you saying? I was saying that one thing that Nemo noticed earlier about Gil was that Gil also has a damaged pectoral fin. Ah, yeah, they're they're so they have uh, a yeah, slight bond there. They both have damaged pectoral fins. So, how well do fish do um, in the wild if they have damaged fins? I, I would assume not well. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Uh, it kind of depends. I mean, I, I don't know if it would be that much worse than, like, you keep, like, they just had all these video footage of, uh, uh, well, not quite an albino, but a uh, highly overly or lacking in pigment uh, whale shark, and admittedly a whale shark has few predators, but, you know, it's, I think that some weird super, like, lack of camouflage would be worse than maybe a pectoral fin damage or something. Yeah, and it probably would depend on how much the damage was, if it inhibited the movement a lot. If it barely, if it didn't inhibit the movement a whole lot, maybe it wouldn't matter. Like if you were a fish that didn't rely on pectoral fins for actual locomotion, it might not matter as much. But if you were a ras and you lost a pectoral fin, it might matter a lot. But I've been out in the ocean where someone's spear. Where they just swim around in circles. Sorry, can't <laughs> <laughs> turn right. Handy turner, like in Zoolander. Yes. <laughs> Only turn left. Only turn left. But I've been out. We've been out on coral reefs, and one of the interesting things about rasses is that when you shoot, if someone hits a ras and rips off like sort of the back end, but it gets away, like it doesn't get caught, you'll see the ras swim by without a back end, whereas really? most fish swim with their tails, and so when that happens, they sort of sink and things. I mean, that's kind of a horrible, sad little thing I just said, but but like, <laughs> yeah, it's really pillager. <laughs> it's really creepy to be like swimming around picking up fish and all of a sudden have like a half a fish like swim on by. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a pretty awesome image. Aww. Half a fish. What are these schooling fish that they encounter? What are, the, what are those? Are these? Uh, I don't remember what they just had, but yeah, something. Grunts or something. Yeah. Grunts? Grunts or snappers. or Those are what I affectionately refer to as Kent Carpenter fish. Kent Carpenter? Who's Kent Carpenter? <laughs> He's an ichthyologist that works on food fish, things like that. Oh. A lot. He's, you know, they're hard. I think. Does he really listen hard. to the podcast? Do you know? Uh, I hope so. I, I like that'd Kent. be great. Shout out to Kent Carpenter. Shout out Kent or Old Dominion University, Virginia. I think Norfolk, maybe Is it Norfolk, Virginia. Anyone? Duh. I, there is a place called Norfolk, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Super nice guy. Right, so now the fish are going to give them the signal. Give them signals. That's John Ratzenberger. Yeah, he's in every Pixar movie, right? Yeah, I think he was uh, at least up to a point. I don't, is he still? They still use him in all of them. He was. I don't know if he was in Brave, but they got the Pizza Planet truck was in Brave. Still, how did the Pizza Planet truck make it into Brave? Well, I don't remember. I didn't actually see it. I just read uh, it. Did anybody see that movie Brave? Yeah, oh, we saw it. Man, yeah. I saw it together. Yeah, yeah we saw it. I, I wanted to see it. So. It's all right. I, I would like schooling fish to actually do this, by the way. I would oh, like them to great. come together. I love the clownfish, and, uh, the sad clownfish. Look, they yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I would like them to create shapes and then also comically mock other fish. There was an awesome picture of, uh, that was that uh, one of our followers, uh, Grant, at Scripps Institution of Oceanography, I think a photographer took a picture from above of him circled by a school of fish that was uh, was on the cover of a magazine or something we should I should uh, put a link to that on there or maybe we'll retweet his tweet about the picture it was totally awesome yeah it was a really cool photo he's actually going to be here at the Field Museum in a few weeks maybe we should oh, convince we should. him to 
to do one of these. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So Grant, if you're listening, <laughs> maybe I'll bother you today. No, see if he bothers you. See if he listens to the show. <laughs> this is like you it's know, not a, a test. Like, like an hour into the show, and he's yeah. still listening. Yeah. Now we got some ocean current stuff going on. Yeah, and the arrows. The way. Nice. It's very helpful. We should also. So great. I'd like to thank all of our listeners. We've had five thousand downloads now, and so thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thanks to everyone who's been listening. And that's just on iTunes. I don't know. How okay. Many. So why are why are these fish like? Is 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 it just like they're because they're, the arrow started flashing? Are we implying that they're just reflecting the sun in a different yeah, way yeah. and they're then they're moving? Yeah, Very they're good. just reflecting light. And they, they actually do that, though. This is like how they're kind of waving. Yeah, they look so good. The thing to remember about fish is that a lot of the colors are actually sort of diffraction patterns by guanine crystals, not actually blue. So, like, Dory is not actually blue. There's no pigment. Oh, oh really? Right, right, right. There's, yeah. like, some beetles and butterflies and stuff are like that, too. So what color and, is she? Well, she's blue, but she's—it's not a blue pigment. It's, it's not a, a blue pigment. It's, it's like layers it's iridescent. of yeah. Well, it's like so you by you can basically break open the prism of white light and then just reflect out the blue. And so that's why if you were to have a dory in your hands, which I wouldn't recommend because they're venomous again, but I've done this, <laughs> and you can rotate it, her from if you like sort of rot- grab her tail and rotate it or top to bottom without sort of, hurting her. Whatever with, it, with axes, that's is that pitch. Yes. If you're on a, <laughs> you're, if the change the that's pitch. Roll. That's roll. That's roll. No, okay, roll. That's roll. That's roll. Okay, pit, right, who knows? If you were to twist it like that, just rotate, you rotate the yeah. fish. Yeah. Okay, roll. Yeah. If you roll a fish, she'll go from black to light blue. Neat. As you go through the different things. Is that how that paint works on some of the cars? You know, when it looks different colors yeah, and different lights, or is that is that a different concept? Could be. That's a, you could do that for a lot of things. Oh, look, they're squishy. It's squishy. So another venomous thing, the jellyfish. Squishy. Yep. Now we're getting into the jellyfish I part. I have gotten, I got on stung by some unholy jellyfish tentacles once. I don't know what it was, but I will say this. It's bad to go swimming in the ocean right after a storm. Bad idea. All sorts of stuff gets washed in. And I was out there, we were swimming, and something, I don't even know what it was. It was the most intense pain ever. And I thought I was going to die. And it was just like awful tentacle, like around my leg. So here's the picture of Grant. Oh, that is a cool one. So the fish cooling, and and then it's got like, I think he's got a spear gun or something in his Wow, that is awesome. So we'll, we'll put a lead to that. Apparently, the picture was taken by Octavio Alberto. So, what are the chances of them actually uh, successfully navigating through? Because I need somebody to be C-3PO right now and tell me. Like what this, are, the asteroid field yeah, and the Empire asteroid. Strikes Back? I mean, because it basically the is the asteroid. I mean, what would their chances of actually getting through this, like, huge mass of jellyfish with all these tentacles? Never tell me the odds. <laughs> <laughs> Because, right, as soon as they touch one of those tentacles, they're dead. Correct? Wouldn't be good for them. Would, uh, would Marlon be uh, immune to the stings of a jellyfish because he's no. immune to the stings no, of a... Uh, because they get the, it's a, the, the protection from the various anemones uh-huh. is species-specific and maybe oh. even individual-specific. Because even when a when a sea anemone gets bigger and splits because they're clonal, mm-hmm. um, they're because they're clonal, the genetics are the same. Oh, so but in but the, the nematocysts are different on the in the 
tentacles of the sea anemone as they are in a, in a well, jellyfish? Even, but from species of, jelly, of jellyfish to species of jellyfish or sea anemone to sea anemone. They're different? They're different. So you actually coat yourself with the slime. Well, the, the slime, I don't know if actually the nematocyst DNA is different, but the slime that protects them ah. is the, has to be, whatever it is that protects them from the slime has to be right. Yeah, so like right now, Dory got caught in some stingers. I mean, would she be dead? It would hurt. Yeah. I mean, because I guess I get. What kind of jellyfish are these? Uh, pink ones. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a bunch of them at the Oregon uh, uh, Aquarium. I mean, because the tanks, like they were really cool. The jelly, moon jellies they had in there, really neat. Because I feel like they wouldn't make it through there because you know not only do they sting with tentacles, but they'll grab on. Like you know they'll. That's not a good day. Hey, look, there's a harsh place. Yeah, no. I don't. I don't think they'd be able to make it through that. I mean, because nah, they're, they're small fish, day. big jellyfish. Yeah. I feel like Dory just would have been dead right there, and the, it would have been a wow, sad. I have to go see this in three D. It's coming out this week. Yep. Wow. I may. I may shell out the money and go see this. I forgot don't tell how much him. I like don't, this movie. Don't don't tell Roger Ebert you're going to watch it in three D. Roger Ebert doesn't like. You know what? I don't like three D either. But the three D in. Um, Cartoons. Uh, cartoons has got to be good, yeah. <laughs> it works on some movies, especially ones that were made oh, for man, 3D. Uh, um, like Avatar. That, uh, yeah, that, I thought that, the 3D in Avatar was pretty Avatar good. Avatar was pretty awesome. good, but the, the, uh, especially the uh, 3D Alien IMAX. one, what was that yeah, called? But, Prometheus? 3D uh, in that was great. Prometheus was kind of bad, but... I didn't see the 3D in either of those. Uh, but I think if you, 3D if you go in awesome. trying to subtly and effectively use it, I think you can do wonders with it. And I think that when you, when you go back and re-render a cartoon or design a cartoon, it's not quite as good as designing the cartoon with 3D in mind, but you still have a lot more control over it. Well, the, yeah. part of the biggest problem Roger Ebert or a lot of people have with the 3D isn't necessarily the 3D itself, is that the projectors, when they do the 3D, cuts the color quality down by so much yeah. it dims the picture. It dims the picture, right. Yeah. And for like a movie like this where the colors are so vibrant or so nice, do you really want to see it in a way where the colors are significantly yeah. reduced? Do you, yeah. do, you know what, do you know what I love that just happened? When they go, before they go out into the air, they hold their breath. Yeah, like, I find great. that absolutely hilarious. Like they take a big... Go big breath of water. Big breath of water and then, like, go jump out into now, the air. Now, there's some fish that breathe air, isn't that right? There is. Yes, our lungfish. The uh, lungfish are one of them. <laughs> our episode one. Those are uh, the fighting fish, right? Those those, those breathe air. Yeah. There's a variety of things that breathe air. So Gail is voiced by Willem Dafoe. Willem uh, Dafoe, yeah. Very I, good actor. Yeah, I can't hear the voice of Gil without thinking of the movie Antichrist and what happens to him in that. That's a lot worse than a shriveled fin, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Kids, ever. ask your parents to rent that one. <laughs> See, now I maintain that this could never happen. You don't think a fish could swim? I don't think a fish could swim up the tube. I don't think that they can solve logical puzzles like this. I don't think that their uh, their fish brains are quite uh, that developed that they can do that. I'm positive that they could swim into that tube. You've, you, Because you fished them out. Yeah, I've successfully. Did they swim back out and live, though, to tell the tale? No. Impeller is a pretty rough thing. Uh, get it by, I think. Why would they want to swim up the tube? 
to escape the tank. Yeah, you mean why have I had that happen? Yeah. Uh, well, the, it's sucking them in. I don't think they want it. Also, oh, okay. Just, it's just like they just mm, got caught. It got yeah. too close. Yeah. Like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. And yeah, Augustus <laughs> Gloop. Augustus yeah. Gloop that got sucked up the chocolate tube. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be a that would be a bad way to die. Sucked up a chocolate tube. Yeah, it'd yeah, be good of, to put in your obituary. I would. I can think of worse ways to yeah. go. Oh look, it's yeah. Knucklehead dies in a chocolate accident. <laughs> Details at ten. Okay, there's there's Mr. Matt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, have you seen that that surfer clip? It's been going around. Well, it's been going around the YouTube's for a while. It's just an interview with the surfer, and it's hilarious because he's no. like, "There's wave," and it was all like, Pwah! and then I went, Chwah! and you got to get in there, and you got to get pitted, man. And it's just, <laughs> I love surfers. Oh man, they're the yeah, best. This, this movie could have used some Keanu Reeves here voicing oh, these turtles, my, but I think it's actually it the, one of the main. Day. I think it's Andrew Stanton that does the. Oh, is he? Is it the oh, one of the animators? I don't know. I don't know what he does now. I, I doubt he draws too many things through the computer, but he may sketch things out. But I think yeah, he's one of the. He does key. I think, key. It was, I think we tweeted him last week for falling Talking in love Dory, with Dory yeah. at, the, at a pet store in a public aquarium. So, how are turtles? How do they know how to get? I mean, we're we're gonna dive off the realm of fish, but. Don't they have magnetics? Are they? Is it is it the magnetics in their heads? Is it magnetite in their heads? So because sea turtles travel thousands of miles, um, you know, through the ocean, and they're able to get back to the same breeding ground that they were born at, and obviously they weren't there since they were tiny little babies. And how do they actually find their way back? And there's some there's some evidence that they have magnetite inside their head, and they use that as a compass. Um, but I, I would assume you would need some other cues. There's. I wonder how. What kind of an how you would devise an experiment to to tell that? I mean, because you can't just you couldn't just take a turtle and put it in a tank and put a magnetic field around the tank and see which direction the turtle swims. It wouldn't be that simple because it's not in its regular environment trying to navigate. I suppose you could see if there was a. I suppose you could tell if there was a deviation from the natural pattern that would indicate that maybe it was a magnetic thing. But I don't know that that would necessarily tell you that that's how it how it finds its way migrating. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to, <laughs> yes, you'd have to like manipulate endangered sea turtles. Yeah, which babies? Yeah, which doesn't. <laughs> so I think this is all inferred. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. I mean, I guess all you can do is like, we here at the Field Museum do not. Condone the manipulating of endangered sea turtles. Yeah, drilling into their heads. Maybe you could. Maybe you know, environmental things could help. You know, mm. like maybe oil spills knock them out or something. You can infer it from things that happen. Now, are there underwater currents that are powerful like that, where you might be swimming through open ocean and then? cross over a boundary into a current area, like a fast-moving river, where you would feel the difference that 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 dramatically? I feel like this is a, made a little more discreet than reality, but there's stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, they made this one very much like a tube, like a water slide. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. 
But that definitely ha- it definitely happens around um, islands and things like that. Yeah. There's certainly strong currents. Been in one and I mean, it, it's and the currents like, affect all kinds of things, like distribution of fishes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got to, at some fundamental level, be like air traveling through a city mm. where you get accelerations and things. So you have like jet streams you know, on air. You have similar things in water. Again, not as tube-like. It'd be fun <laughs> if it was look at his yeah, face. Let's get that kind of half-lidded eye look. <laughs> now, um, do we know what kind of turtles these are? Are these green sea turtles? Are they loggerhead turtles? I have no idea. Um, do we know? Aren't those sea turtles? Several different species of sea turtles. So I'm wondering if they would actually eat. Um, I mean, if they're green sea turtles, and the answer is no, they just eat um, seaweed and seagrass. And seagrass. You're wondering if they would eat. If they would eat Nemo. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's assume that they're green turtles. Then. Hawksbill turtles eat like squid and shrimps and all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff. Um, and loggerheads. I don't know what loggerheads eat. Logs. It's a, it's a question for our herpetologist yeah. here. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be on, on What the Snake episode next week. Now they're spreading the word about missing Nemo to all the fish. What's funny about that is it's a big, giant, heavily, heavy-lipped fish, and you can imagine it's going to have a deep voice, and it's got a high, girly voice. That's a good laugh. Swordfish? Yeah. They're fighting. Do swordfish use those swords to to defense? Defense? No, not defense. But I mean, would they, have guards would they and slash at one another? Maybe in they terms have points of points uh, and a little little swordfish Olympics. Yeah, anything's possible, but I think it's mostly uh, display. No, uh, it helps with speed. Oh, really? I think really? it perturbs the water, like micro perturbations, the way mm. like shark skin and other things. Yeah. Because when water's moving by, because it's thicker, you get what, like, there's a Reynolds number. Swordfish is one of the fastest fish, right? All right? Certainly. I love how dumb the seagulls are because in my head, this is what actually goes through seagulls' heads. Yeah. yeah like, they really nailed this part of the movie. <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe seagulls are intelligent. I have I have no idea, but it's, they're... No, the, the obsession in battling over food. <laughs> yes. The crab is funny. That crab is great. I love the way these guys, these pelicans, look with their ragged-looking wings, and they're just sort of fantastically good. And there's sad Nemo in the diving helmet. Yep, can't get out. Kind of get eaten by I think the, the fish in the, the dead fish in the bag. I think is a, a big guy, a priacanthid, isn't it? Oh, I just missed uh, exactly what it was. Too busy staring at those nasty braces. <laughs> Did you not have braces? I did not have braces. What? I had Me braces. Either. I had terrible teeth. Yeah, I was a mess. I had I had I had a one and a half inch gap between the front hey, teeth. Hey, don't complain to me. Complain to your parents. <laughs> it's all nope. genetics, baby. <laughs> I will not complain. Wonderful. <laughs> Once you have kids, you will never complain about your parents. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
fun to post that to. Why are they all so sad? Is it that really that sad? It's the time of the movie. You got to reach the lowest. They want to get back you know, out. But in the I ocean. think this is what it is. It is. I, I, this is a very anti-aquarium trade movie. Well, they weren't I, born in aquarium. These are like live reef fish. They want to get well, back to their homes. Well, that's what I But Leo said most of them get caught that way, and it's just about you know being captured. The yellow tangs are not bred in captivity. The damps of fish or whatever it is that flow is supposed to be are rarely, if ever, bred in captivity. Clownfishes are. Moorish idols aren't. The royal grandmas have been bred in captivity. What about the puffers? No, never. Moorish idols, that monotypic? Yeah, still. I mean, sure, it's not. So, yeah, the Moorish idols are one single species, supposedly, like, covering Which the Which one is that? The gill. Gill. Moorish idol? I yeah. would, I would yeah, like... Kind of like a freshwater angelfish with yellow. But I would like to say I'm not against aquariums as a whole. They're good for educating people. You mean public aquariums? Yeah, public aquariums. You know, like in public zoos. Like I think they're good for educating people and having them like learn about it. it. As long as it's done in a way that's intelligent, that's not damaging ecosystems and habitats, then yes. why not? You know, yes. it's fine. There's been lots of studies, like, for example, on the cardinal tetra out of South America and freshwater on oceans, but they've just taken just zillions and zillions of them out of the Rio Orinoco with no impact on the population whatsoever. Huh. Yeah. Well, then, well, they reproduce in huge numbers, right? I mean, I mean, and there's most of them are, are, are eaten, or, and things that are endangered, and they, I mean, there's there's controls on those. I mean, you're not going to find like CITES listed animals in aquarium shops. Yeah, not often. <laughs> it's like, except for all seahorses. Except for all seahorses. <laughs> well, you shouldn't, you know. But seahorses are bred in captivity. I guess you know it's like well with anything with like food, yeah, mostly, yeah. food and Not things completely. that we eat as long as we're responsible about it yeah. and do it sustainably then it's fine. Yeah, and there's plenty of non-government organizations like the MAC, the Marine Aquarium Council, that will certify things. See, I think it's a big guy. Yeah, I think you're right. You're seeing it. Sorry, we're talking about Darla's fish again. Yeah, Darla's dead. But there fish. is a there is a cardinal fish, the Bengay cardinal fish, that we do think we. have Ham severely constrained the the uh, population of the wild from overfishing. Man, Darla is one hideous child. Yeah. And I think that there was actually an article that wasn't there like a list of things that are going to likely cause problems that are like hundred species that we don't think are yeah that endangered that are released that are that could become and like fifteen or twenty of them were aquarium trade concerns. Yeah. Some combination of aquarium trade and ha- habitat degradation, and a lot of them were freshwater water. fishes that were like habitat degradation. But there was a couple of marine things, I think. Yeah, there was a few marine ones. There was a lot of um, like cyprinidoniform type things on there. So those are things like guppies and killifish. Wait, those what? Those are going to become endangered. Certain species, species of them. Because there are some things, things that were, may I be isolated. Bred, I thought those things bred like crazy. Well, there are some species that may only be known from certain rivers and drainages in one particular uh, area, and if that habitat is in danger, then that species might go extinct. So those become like really critically endangered really quickly. Right, and that's why people study those darters and things of that nature. Because uh... right. I've never kept any North American. Well, I shouldn't that. I haven't kept any. United States freshwater fish. Why do you hate America? I have. Dr. Smith, they make why good, do you hate America? They make good aquarium uh, fishes. That's what I was thinking. I don't, I love America. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't love America's freshwater fish. No, he loves America. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to take the biodiversity of America and constrain it. I, that's right. I'm He's paranoid of free. law. <laughs> He's, He's setting them free. I don't feel like I should 
unless I have good reason, should get permits and allow me to collect things locally just to keep them alive as a pet. No. Does that make sense? Do I feel yeah, like no, someone else should get a permit and collect it on the coral reef somewhere halfway across the world and ship it to me? <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. So you like killing fishes more than keeping them alive? I like keeping them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not killed them. For the most part, I'm not killed them in North America. It's Smith product. Day today at the museum. It's... So now they're, the fish are alone. They're near Sydney. They're out of the current. They're out of the current. They're in the present, but out of the current. So wasn't there like a famous like case for medical doctors where someone got stabbed in the hippocampus, HM or something like that? Where he got like was it a fencing accident, he was like in the Navy or something, and then he couldn't he couldn't convert short term memories to long term. There memories. are lots of cases that are like that. I don't I don't know the specific one you're talking about. That's probably are you the talking case. talking about the movie Memento? I no. love that movie. <laughs> That's a great movie. I think it was. I think it was named as HM, but the hippocampus is great. So hippocampus is hippocampus shaped. is the uh, is the seahorse, and it's shaped like a seahorse. Yeah, exactly. Tail. Yeah, it seems like a really good. Yeah, thing the hippocampus fits together with the dentate nucleus, and they sort of they sort of wind up together like that, and uh, they're involved with uh, uh, taking uh, uh, short term memory and turning it into long term. It's involved with various different things. Uh, it's involved with uh, 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 mood as well. Uh, but it's mainly associated with uh, 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 taking like immediate recall memory, like your ability to, to recall something very quickly. Like I say, it, like if I if I ask you to repeat after me, uh, ADGFB, and you say ADGFB, that's a different type of memory than if I ask you remember ADGFB five minutes later. That might be something that would test the your ability of your hippocampus to take to, to turn it into short term memory. And then to take it and process it in the long-term memory is a, yet a different thing. There's all different types of memory. I don't remember the details of it. It's getting it's getting foggy in my memory. Cool. I think you should name one of those flag fins. What was that? The endiculitis? What was the thing that was with the hippocampus? Oh, the dentate nucleus. The dentate nucleus. Is- we should name a new species. We should dentate nucleus. We should name something related to seahorses someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe a new genus and species. Of, maybe we break up hippocampus into a couple of genera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're naming, naming structures in the brain after sea creatures, then you could start naming sea creatures after structures in the brain. Yeah. That would yeah, be our great. Ichthyology community friends would love that. We just decided, well, let's just go break this up just to name it after <laughs> obscure medical terms. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, he does a lot Not of that we'd ever here. do that. This is the pituitary. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah the, hy- the hypothalamus <laughs> fish. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you how much I love it when uh, Dory tries to speak whale. <laughs> really? I can't. Uh, this I, is like I, one of my least favorite parts. I, oh, I, I, I just find it funny. hilarious because it, this reminds me of like idiots who try to speak to foreigners and they just start talking really slowly. Or loud to increase the loudness. If if I slow down and speak louder, that means you'll understand me. But then it ends up she actually is speaking whale. That's how whales talk, apparently. I don't like how big her mouth can get. (laughs) It's not really biologically accurate. Why do you think they have those bright yellow fins, Matt? 
What's that? Why do you think they have the bright yellow fins? Do you think it's because venomous? I don't know. <laughs> Swim away. The krill. The krill. The plankton. The krill. I wish you do you think it's warning colors? And that would be pretty much it for them in real life. They'd be dead. It would make sense. Like, warning colors. They usually stripes more, like, more. You would think that... So some people gill there, the more recital. Some people have suggested that they're venomous at times. And certainly... Have you ever looked for a venom gland in one of them? I have looked for a venom gland. And they're right up against there, if you look at it, make a tree of fishes. They're right up against the surgeon fishes. uh, The surgeon fishes. And the... Rabbit fishes and the scats. There's a whole bunch of venomous things all right up together. So they could be. It's certainly not uh, impossible. I don't think that this would be effective. This guy doesn't clean his tank right. This whole strategy is flawed in my mind. But though, like living in your own feces to escape? <laughs> that whole strategy isn't working? I don't know who takes fish out to clean their fish tank. Yeah, I don't know if the dentist would have came in and got upset he might have hired a young entrepreneur to come in and take care of his tank tank man yeah some sort of a tank man did I show you guys my tank man picture no are we going to post it no I want to see it (laughs) absolutely not um Definitely not posting. So if you if you show us Tank Man, then you have to either you're either you're cutting all this out about Tank Man or we're putting it on the website. Well, I think I actually removed it from the folder. I'm sure some some what the fish followers can do some Google magic. How are they going to do that? Find Tank Man. Find Tank Man. You can't find it on the internet. It's like a million years old. You can find everything on. Maybe the some of Leo's relatives who listen to the show. Will be kind enough to post it. Yeah, yes. I have the. Matt had access to the pictures. I bet he didn't take them out of the Dropbox so far I removed them. So of course I did. What are you talking about? <laughs> like I have it on my phone. <laughs> oh, wait, I did. I did. I text messaged it too, didn't I? Yeah. Who do you think I am? <laughs> oh, no, I'll ask Sarah. <laughs> so are they still in the stomach? Yes. Yeah. They are. We're getting um, to the sad part of the movie where they're starting to feel like they're never going to succeed. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm assuming when whales swallow stuff, they go straight into their stomach. There's no hanging out in their mouth area. Yeah, like Jonah. Having a good time. If you were small enough. Yeah. So you really like this like whale talking part? I, I do because it I like it because of how it reflects how other people are idiots. Um, <laughs> like seriously. Oh my god. That's the most awesome thing I've seen in the whole world. Times a million. Look at your hair, look how shiny it is. Look at that. How shiny his hair is. Yeah, in the picture. It's very shiny. Matt, what were you in first grade when that picture was taken? Probably. How old are you? It's not a bad picture. I don't know what you're saying. It was 1990. I think the picture's fine. I just don't... I don't... Yeah, shiny hair. First grade in 1990. No, I wasn't in the first grade, no. Third grade? Probably. Caleb was in kindergarten. Oh, my God. <laughs> 1990, I was in... 
I was in med school. Yeah, you guys are crazy. Fifth or sixth grade. Anyways, all right. I I was in high school. Do you think that that whale could actually swim faster than them? Like, what's the purpose of this part? I think it's just the purpose is just to add some sort of conflict, like throw something in their way before they actually find Nemo. Or to explain how they could get there. Yeah. Like it was hard enough with the... Yeah, because they already had to throw the ocean current in as a mechanism to get them farther along. I mean, it's obviously like part of the... Like, if there's one thing that's slightly implausible about the movie is, like, a clownfish crossing. <laughs> one thing. If, well, no, I mean, it's, it's one large thing. Like, crossing such a large expanse of ocean for this clownfish would be quite daunting. Don't you think you would have gone with some more Homer-y, Ulysses-y named people? Does a, does a whale have a uvula hanging in the back of its throat like yeah, a yeah. human? Does that have an uvula? I don't know. Yeah, I'm wondering... Maybe a uh, whale biologist could, uh, who listens to our podcast could... Uh, they do. I don't know. Yeah, Why would we have one in... It has one in Pinocchio. I don't know. Does yeah. it have one in Pinocchio? I think so. Yeah, in Pinocchio. But, I mean, that's a, that's, that's, a, that's a cartoon. This is real. That's where I get all of my whale information. <laughs> from Disney from, movies. From Monstro the Whale. Disney yeah. and uh, Pixar movies. Yeah, I think Geppetto was living in there on his stranded ship in the whale for, for like, years. Right? I don't know if it had one in Moby Dick, maybe. Oh, he just said Nemo. Now, now we're getting to the oh, point here. Wow. The father is obsessive and cannot let go. He's afraid to let people take chances. Oh, you just do. But see, that's part of the whole whale talking thing. Like, he didn't believe her that she could do it. And he's just got to learn to trust. He's got, it was a leap of faith. Yeah, he he's got to learn to put a little faith in people. Yeah. So the it actually somehow went out through the whales, from the mouth through the nostrils of the whale. I mean, uh, anatomically doesn't really make sense to me. You don't think the nostrils like, and the mouth are attached? Well, the nostrils and the mouth are attached, yeah, but I mean, like, uh, uh... Oh, now they're in Sydney. I don't know anything. I don't think that works. I don't know how it works in a whale. I mean, for us, it certainly works. I mean, you can laugh milk up through your nose. I suppose if there was a, a fish in there... <laughs> Would not be comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> So based on your light story with the Dory in the blue, would she be blue at night like this too? Like when she just popped out of the water and was totally blue. I think mm. it would reflect all all light. So even all light. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's just not pigment. It's still blue. Mm. I mean, it's not exactly the same as like a rainbow, I suppose. Where like you have to have light one direction. I guess I never really noticed the paintings above the fish tank of different fish. There are? There are illustrations of fish above the fish tank, yeah. Why are there shadows coming down like that? I'm not sure what those shadows. Now, starfish can't read, can they? 
Do no, starfish even so. have eyes? Do they have uh, some sort of photosensitive uh, cells on them or something? Or Yes. <laughs> they okay. don't look like human eyes, though. No. No. I know that, uh, like, um, scallops have eyes. I've seen, uh, like, the eyes on scallops, are, like, along the fringes of the shells. They have, like, little eyes on little stalks sticking out. Cool. I don't know anything. I'm so ill-prepared. For invertebrates. <laughs> oh, no, oh, Nemo's. That's coming to get Nemo. Oh. I don't think I'd wear gloves when I stuck my hand into the tank. And that's why you've been envenomated. <laughs> now, wouldn't you want to include more more airspace in that bag there? I mean, you know, it depends how like... long it's going to be in there. But yeah, normally in a pet store, you would put like one third water to two thirds air or more. Yeah. Or fill it with chocolate full of oxygen. Darla's here. Rock and roll girl. Pete Sherman, Wallaby Lane, Sydney. Wallaby Way. Wallaby Way? Yeah. Your guys' short-term memory is better than mine. Yeah, you remember those words? Brown, eyedropper, tulip. Those are the easiest ones. Yeah, Honesty. The, the, honesty is the hard one. Yeah. <laughs> Honesty is the hard one. <laughs> <laughs> Tulip, brown, honesty. So why is honesty harder to remember? Uh, be, uh, the, it's just it's harder to remember because it's you can't uh, you can't have a, a mnemonic of like if you have like if you can imagine a brown eyedropper uh, or a brown tulip sitting next to an eyedropper is easy to remember. So honesty but is like a more abstract concept. Abs- abstract, but the the you standard put a, like, image of like Abraham Lincoln or something. Yeah, honest. Yeah, brown Abraham Lincoln. You could think of uh, honest Abe. Like an eyedropper shoved in his eye, <laughs> holding a tulip. Yeah, <laughs> brown tulip. Yeah, no. The the standard is to use three objects. If you use four objects, the people are going to wonder about you. Why? It's just the way they the want to hear Doctors do things. You know, you got to. You have to do things the way that they tell you to do things, and the way they tell you is three objects. So it's not for not for my unhallowed hands to disturb the uh, the wisdom of doctors of the ages. Mine, mine, mine. Were you there when that one bird attacked that guy out in front? Of yeah, the shed yeah, out in front of him? where we work. I've never seen a bird attack a person like that going after his friend friends. Yeah, yeah wow. a bunch of goals went after some guy's French fries. Packed them in mid-stride. He yeah, was walking. And they succeeded. <laughs> wow. And I think when it happened, we commented that it was like this movie. Because <laughs> uh, this was basically how they behaved. My, 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 my. So why do you think these, these pelicans are so altruistic? Yes, you know, that's Do an interesting question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you see altruism in the animal kingdom. Is there altruism in the animal kingdom at all? I mean, I, I, it seems to me I've read that they've done research on uh, higher animals than... than, uh, than I don't know pelicans. if a pelican would save fish to take it back to other fish, unless it <laughs> right. meant in its stomach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't think that a bunch of... Uh, uh, Gulls would penetrate a sailcloth like that, and no. the little beaks would go on the other side and say mine either. But 
I do believe a little kid would bang on a fish tank. <laughs> oh, man. I saw that when I was uh, uh, the Oregon Aquarium, that's for sure. She's more of a Paco than a piranha. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no, he's dead. <gasps> Nemo's dead. Oh, there's a butterfly fish, an angelfish, and the prince above. Fascinating. Yeah. See, we're learning new things about discovery. Nope, nope, not the toilet, the trash. <laughs> What's a dentist? What's a dentist? Yeah. Jeffrey Rush. What the fish? What the fish? You should have said it. Yeah, it was so yeah. close. Now <laughs> yeah, this is really good with the kid watching the <laughs> the shrieking, the, the shrieking drill. of the dental yeah. office, everything. Oh, no. Albert Brooks sees his dead son. I didn't think that would make that into a Disney movie. He's not really dead. Oh. Yes, but he thought he was dead, so... That's okay. It's like Sleeping Beauty or something. Yeah, we have to have some conflict here at the end oh, of the movie. Oh, my gosh, there's so much conflict in this. I never really thought about all the stupid things. Not stupid bad. Yes. No, it's just a lot of things to keep them apart. This is unlikely part of the movie, I think. This is the unlikely part. That Willem Dafoe is one awesome guy. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, he is. Boy, sad what happened to him in that movie, Antichrist. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but pick him out. <laughs> oh. Go out, rent that one right away. That's a, that's a real upper. He's <laughs> not really in a it's lot a, of movies that are uppers. It's a feel-good movie of the, of the, of the decade. Yeah, I think I've been Willem Dafoe in almost all of his movies. What was that, Platoon? He yeah. Gets a raw deal in Platoon. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> gets a raw deal in Spider-Man. Yeah. He is a bad guy in Spider-Man, though. He gets what's coming to him. He does fine in the, the Tom Clancy movies. He gets kind of a raw deal in John Carter. I don't know if you missed I, I didn't see John Carter. I, I heard that was pretty decent, though. It is. It was yeah. very good. By the same director as this movie. Really? Yep. Who's that, John Lasseter? Andrew Stanton. Yeah, it's, uh, Willem Dafoe wouldn't have been, uh, uh, the first choice I would have made necessarily for a Pixar first movie, but I think, especially one that's, like, ostensibly sort of a hero, uh, but it works. So you look at sad, like, the drips of water, like tears? Yeah. Uh, oh, reserve battery power. <laughs> I hope oh. we can make it through the last 15 minutes of this movie. It's a good thing we got all the at the end so Nemo and Dory are sad yeah they think the sun's died their quest is in vain yes look at his face he's got circles under his eyes and eyebrows 
on and those fish eyebrows. <laughs> I'm going to have to go check your collection for fish eyebrows later tonight. <laughs> yes, the anatomical problems with this movie are, are multiple. Multi- multi- Although they're, they're sort of stuck there. It's all for expressive. I mean, it's all just to make it more expressive. Yeah, uh, it's especially for eyes. Like eyes are very expressive for animation. So, yeah. no, I won't say anything negative about this movie. I love this movie. That's why I, I go out and spend more money on it. Nemo's dad's kind of a huge jerk to Dory here at the end, though. Yeah, yeah, but you know. He's had a lot of... Yeah, he's suffered. He's had a lot of stress. He's sort of had a Joe Biden sort of experience in his life. Mm-hmm. Hard. Are you saying that people should vote a certain way because... No. <laughs> just finding Nemo. No, it's like Joe Biden was given this like touching speech yesterday. Yeah. It's not a, there's not that many people in public life that have experienced like most of their family dying. They no. talk about it. That's all. I don't like these crabs. And what are they getting out of this pipe? That's why I always wondered what they were trying to grab out of the pipe too. But but I thought the crab like behavior was pretty good. Also, I mean, kind of like, like, the like various waste products that might drift yeah, exactly. out of. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's disgusting. Like poop. Uh, <laughs> The fighting's awesome. Yeah, the fighting is funny. Yeah, so we here in America find it very humorous when people speak with funny accents from other parts of the world. I find it funny. So this is where Nemo meets Dory. Because they're friends. Yeah. Uh, Nemo and Dory are friends. (laughs) They spend most of the movie apart, but now they will meet. (laughs) Yeah, but what about Nemo's poor friends in the tank? What happens to them? They make what oh, spoiler. Oh, yeah, they yeah, they yeah, make yeah. it into the ocean at the end. Remember, they get they all get put into bags and they all roll off the. Windowsill. Oh, that's right, they do. Yeah, and then they're all happy. It ends with them all happy, floating in their bags in the ocean. Yeah, but then they die in their bags. <laughs> I'm gonna assume the pufferfish blows through that bag and then gets and the rest out. ripping them out. That's yeah. my plan. Uh, okay, that would make sense biologically. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> biologically, biologically, that makes sense to me. <laughs> oh. The yellow tang has a has a blade on its caudal peduncle that it can slice open. It is a surgeon fish, after all. Yeah, could do that. Nemo! It's all the memories. Is that how the memories would come back, Dr. Algren? Yes, that's exactly how it works in fish and in people. It's like... Um, <laughs> Something triggered like a, every response. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's like a key. Right. No, but certainly uh, uh, people will have... Uh, uh, We'll see something or hear something that will trigger memories. I mean, that, that, that happens quite commonly. I think most people experience that. Still pretty harsh of old Nemo's father, though, to leave poor, confused Dory out in the middle of the ocean all alone, not knowing well, who she is yeah. or where she's at. <laughs> I think, you know, it's, he's, he's, he's coping with loss, but not in a really, in a really great... Yeah. Uh, Didn't handle it well. Yeah. Do you think Dory could hold up that fish? I mean, that crab? Strange. Oh, she's strong. She's tough. She's a strong fish. What do you think these fish are supposed to be? Those are angry fish. I don't know, but they're they're not nice fish. No, they're they look like, like they're coated in oil. Yeah. They're also kind of expressive. They don't have a lot of expression. Expressionless. Yeah. They're sad. Yeah. yeah. 
They're like commuters on the way to work to, on the metro yeah, train. Like that. Yeah. It might be. Oh, yeah. wait, the metro train people are happy. Are they? Yeah, that's us. That's us. <laughs> We're thrilled. Yeah. Well, you guys would be like the clownfish and the, the We're the like tang. the turtles. Yeah. We commute on a tube of love. A tube of love. <laughs> love and happiness. Wow. If there are any followers of this podcast in Chicago that can weigh in on the Metro train and whether or not it's a tube of love. They do allow alcohol in the Metro. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it is a love train. Except for in the quiet car. Yeah. Then you get shushed at. Yeah. Oh, man. They don't like that stuff. We're constantly getting shushed at at quiet cars. (laughs) (laughs) Hard to imagine. Yeah. Who knew? Uh, when I was a kid, I used to, when I'd ride the commuter train, I'd go to the, they used to have a smoking car on the train. That's how old I am. And uh, I used to make my way to the smoking car because you could always sit down in the smoking car (laughs) because no one wanted to be in that because people would smoke like chimneys in that train car. Oh, my God. You could cut the air with a knife in there, but at least you could sit down. Just start swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. You kind of feel like Nemo could fit through the holes in that net. Yeah. He's got to help them with what he learned from the thing, and where fish got to school and stay together. Yeah. If only, see, if the fish actually learned how to do this. Does this movie have a subtle pro-union message here? I mean, is this like the unions fighting against the bosses uh, sort of thing? I think it's more just schooling. I think it's an anti-getting-eaten message. An anti-getting-eaten message? (laughs) Or anti-conservation message. Well, not anti-conservation. Yeah. And the yard arm is bending down. In terms of animation, though, it's still a very impressive movie. Yeah, it's great. The movie. quality of the animation is very. No, good. just the thought of trying to get the light. They get the light pretty good for all these fishes. Yeah, yeah. But the light's coming down, and like they're, it's like shimmering off of them yeah. the way it does in the ocean, and it, and it captures the shimmery effect of the. You know, yeah. I'm not positive that they nail it perfectly in the aquarium because it's a little shimmery in the aquarium, whereas the most aquariums have a fluorescent tube above it that has sort of a universal light, and it's the entire length. Shimmering, it's yeah. the entire the length. It's not sort of point sources. Right. The shimmering comes in from point sources. So that's why, like coral reef tanks, they have metal halide lighting. Mm. Where it's a oh, point so source. that gives it the better, uh, the more of a shimmering. And so, like when you go to a public aquarium, a lot of the reason that the tanks will look so much better is that they'll have a couple spotlights to create oh, a shimmering. So we got one last moment of, of Nemo in trouble. May have been flattened. Oh, come on! Would 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 a Disney movie end with the child, the titular child dying? I mean, that's almost like old Yeller. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's alive and he's coughing. Very strange. Behavior and his deflected fin is there. Nemo's father has finally learned he can trust his son. Yes, and I think we all grew a little bit. Yep. It would feel really good to be reunited with your dad or child, though. Yes. Yeah. How happy they must be. Be like if you were like kidnapped by aliens, had to fight your way and <laughs> get you back from some alien captive. Right. That's essentially what happened. Pretty much. Yeah. 
This is sort of like the story of Prometheus, that other 3D movie we mentioned. <laughs> I don't know that story. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Ah, well. How do they get back to the coral reef? Like, how do they get back? Where's they that find them they ride the reef? turtles? Like, yeah. yeah, do the turtles and the whales? the turtles bring them back? So now they're back on the coral reef. They look like the same one with Mr. Ray and everything. I mean, yeah, you think they would have just set up shop on a new reef? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, someone was closer to Sydney. Yeah, maybe they got help from maybe Crush helped them get back. Maybe. And now he's all confident, so his jokes are good. (laughs) Ha 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 ha! Now see, there's the turtle. So maybe the turtles brought him back. Next. Oh, so then the movie ends with the fish escaping from the aquarium, and then all the credits. Maybe that's after the credits. If you want to agree, I think it's disagree. Credits, yeah, or ask what the fish. Unfortunately, our power just cut out, so we lost the last like two minutes of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, one of my favorite things always in the Pixar movies actually have pretty good credits. Yeah, I think overall, in terms of Pixar movies, this is a pretty good one. Well, I mean, it's one of the top ones. It's an interesting. Uh-huh. It's an interesting one. All right. Well, very good. Well, we hope you guys uh, like enjoy Finding Nemo. Yeah. I won't tell you whether you should or shouldn't go to the theater. I'll say go if you enjoyed it. Go see it. Go see it again. Take your oh, kids. Yeah. It's another chance. How often are you going to get to see what the fish type things on a giant aquarium on a giant screen in 3D? Well, the movie came out what ten years ago, so like a lot of people. There's probably a lot of people who were kids when they saw it who now have kids. They could take their kids to go see it. So, Wow. True. That's heavy. That is heavy. If you want to agree, disagree, or want to ask what the fish, tweet us your question or send us a topic suggestion at fm underscore what the fish. So if you're enjoying our podcast, you can also find us on iTunes. And if you're enjoying it and you are on iTunes, please uh, rate and give us a comment. And for this week, so long, and thanks for all the fish.